listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about alterations for print books to make them cuter or better. Or worse. Or worse. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it. We're giving tips on getting the most from a used bookstore, and we're recommending gateway fantasy books. But first, Bria, what are you reading? I am listening to uh, a book from my book club called Boys in the Valley by Philip Fercasi. I have never heard of this. It's a horror book, Mallory. Oh, it just came out. That's why. It came out in 2023. I didn't realize that. How have I still um, not heard of this? I'm mad at myself. Oh, it takes place in a remote Pennsylvanian Valley at the turn of the century. By the way, I'm listening to it and it's narrated by David Aaron Baker. And basically it's a boys school and there's a bunch of priests who are running the school. And then at some point on a story night, a bunch of men show up at their door and they're like, we have someone who's sick with us. And you know, this is, you know, this is not going to be great. He's Folks, wounded. I gotta say, because of these books, if someone came up to my door and was like, I need help, I would be like, Sorry. Sorry. And these, so it's like the sheriff and his men, they're like, we, we happened upon this occult. They were doing these horrible things. But this one, the sheriff's like, this one was my brother. And so like, I, he's wounded, but I need to see, try to save him. So they take him in and they're like, well, we aren't a hospital. And he's like, I don't think he's that kind of wounded. Ah! You know, like it's like a, a wound of the soul. Oh. And, and then uh, things, horrible things start happening among the boys at the orphanage and the priests, and it turns into like— It's like when evil lurks. It is. It's like, oh, they say it's the exorcist meets Lord of the Flies, and I say that's that's right on. Oh, wow. It's, it's pretty spooky. And there's some parts that I have am, been really scary. Like, like young boys being evil is kind of a scary thing to I me. I mean, because they're already so close. <laughs> yeah, very close to being They're right evil. on the edge. Um, and I'm listening it to my from my book club, which is tomorrow, and I have to finish it today. So uh, let's—I'm I'm right in the middle, but I still have a couple hours to go. Uh, what are you reading? I'm reading some nonfiction. I'm— I, You know what? We are— no, not even a week into 2024, but so far I've been doing good on all my resolutions. Oh, good. And I am reading a book that was one of our anticipated books from last year and one of our members only anticipated books episodes that you can get by going to maximumfund.org slash join. It is called Against Techno-Ableism by Ashley Shu, And it's a whole book about how a lot of people try to use technology to change disabled people to fit the world. Mm. And her whole argument in the book is why are we not using technology to change the world to fit the people who live in it and make, yeah. make the whole world more accessible because she mentions that there's a sometimes people who are able-bodied or only are called temporarily able-bodied because at some point we're all going to need some That's sort true. of ability help. And it seems b ridiculous that maybe we, we try to make people change their bodies to fit the world when we could just change the world to fit everybody's types of bodies. And it's very fun. It's very funny. It's very, um, it's, it's pretty short. Uh, I'm reading the audiobook and it's narrated very well by Maria Pendolino and it's I think it's only like four and a half hours long so oh, if you're great. looking for like a nice short book to start it's just really great you know just a lot of eye-opening stuff for some as someone who doesn't use a lot of I mean besides the fact that I have glasses and I don't hear super well I don't use a wheelchair I don't use a lot of accessibility aids and uh, I have to push myself to to think about the world in those terms and this is a, I just think this is a great book to do it with because it's so fun funny uh, so that's Against Techno-Ableism by Ashley Shu. and mine is Boys in the Valley by Philip Fercasi uh, narrated by David Aaron Baker So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. May wrote in to say, Hi, Brian Mallory. I'm a library assistant and an MLIS student in my last semester. Libraries hey. by default do not keep lists of what people check out. Oh. 
Oh, someone was someone was concerned about it, and right. I, Why were they concerned? They were trying to remember. make friends with that librarian. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and they are like, oh, they can see all the books that I check. Out. I see, I see, I see. Once you check the book in, there's no record of you checking it out. So if a patron comes up and asks me the title of the book they returned last week, I have no way of knowing. Interesting, because I can see it online. On yeah, you can see it, Libby, but I don't think they, librarians they can see, can okay, see it. Interesting. Some libraries will let you change a setting on your account that will keep track of everything you've checked out, but staff still cannot see it. Privacy is important in libraries. Also, you're right that if someone is returning and checking out something a lot, we're more likely to buy the author's next book. Renewals don't change this, though. Interesting. Also, unlike a lot of grad students, I've been able to read more since I started. Audiobooks do help a lot. I like to listen to them or podcasts while I'm cataloging books at work. Thank you for making your podcast every week. I've been listening to you since you had less than 10 episodes. OG Glasser over here. We've come so far. Also, we've, uh, I just think we've grown as people. We've, our tastes I've have grown changed. physically. My you, muscles are huge now. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory's muscles are twice the size when she They started. really are. May, thank you so much. We always love when we get some um, librarian insights. Some yeah. hot library secrets. Although, sure. I guess this is not a secret, especially if it's about privacy. For sure. For sure. AJ wrote in and said, Hi, Brian Mallory. I just listened to the segment on adding a new reading format and wanted to share something that worked well for me moving from print to digital. I sometimes want to take notes on the book I am reading, maybe a biography or self-help, but the thought of putting a highlighter to paper gives me anxiety and a light pencil in the margin isn't always the right answer either. I also can't usually read at a table with the notebook open, probably because that table is a mess. It's fair. (laughs) Enter the Kindle Fire or app. You can highlight passages in four different colors and dog ear as many pages as you like and then later sort through a list of those passages and pages when you are ready to summarize or journal. Plus, reading position is synced between devices so I can read on a large device at home or pick up my phone when I'm in the waiting room and want to get a few pages in. Thanks for the great podcast. I've shared more than a few book recommendations of yours with my wife, and she is now a listener as well. That is very sweet. And listen, I also can say I do a lot of highlighting on the Kindle, and there's a book right now I am working on adapting, and like the highlight function has been incredibly helpful to me because I can just highlight stuff that I want to come back to and then I look at it later and I can I, I transfer all that to a new document. It works out wonderfully. Oh, fantastic. Also, AJ wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is dystopic fiction, post-apocalyptic, space opera, planetary exploration, descriptions of flora and fauna, oh. time paradox, and dry humor. I will say I do love in a sci-fi or fantasy book like descriptions of the flora and fauna. Oh, it's nice. It's I'm nice. Like, Tell it's me good what world those building. flowers look like. Tell me what those little animals are. I thought you were going to say dry humor in like a sci-fi book because I like that as well. Oh, that too. But yeah. I love, maybe it's because I, in an, in a parallel life, I would have been a wildlife biologist. That's what mm. I was in college for before I dropped make, out. Still make that happen. No. No time? Don't have time. I, okay. I, wor- I, work, two, I work two jobs. <laughs> 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 I do not have time to pick up a lot of poop anymore. That's what, what I did at my internship <laughs> at the Wildlife Center in York, Maine. Why? Picking up a lot of poop. For who? The animals. What are I they doing the, with it? Making it. <laughs> You're cleaning. Yeah. When, okay. I, when I was a wildlife intern, that's what <laughs> I did. Is the first thing you do is you don't get to do cool stuff. They're like, oh, cool. Here's your first day. Here's the shovel. Yeah, that makes sense. But so I, I think because of that and because like that was my first career path, I'm always like, I want to know what those fantasy animals yeah, look sure. like. Please. 
course. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And reminder, folks, the readathon is Saturday, February 3rd. We're going to start in the morning and end at 5. And, uh, you know, you could do that whatever your time zone is in. And we're going to be doing some check-ins throughout the day on Instagram Live. Get your Pick out your stack of books, pick out your stack of snacks, and uh, mm. it's going to be really fun. We're also re- still taking votes for the Glasser Voted Book Club. We are only going to be taking votes through the month of January. And then in February, we're going to announce the pick. And right now, the forerunner is still Starling House by Alexi Harrow. I'm very excited about it, but you can email. There is a thread in the Slack channel right now if you want to add your vote there. Email us whatever book you want. It can be adult, graphic novel, middle grade, audio, but whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. let it, let us know. But we're, we're all going to read a book together and then we're going to have a members only Zoom for to, to talk about. It's going to be super fun. Exciting. So before we talk about altering and improving print books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Pear Eyewear. Folks, I wear glasses. I wear glasses every single day. And I know the struggle of maybe, you know, one day you want to wear a certain color. You wish you had a whole cornucopia of glasses available at your disposal. But glasses can be expensive. And that is not a realistic goal for me to have. And you know what can help with that, though? Pear Eyewear. Pair Eyewear base frame start at just $60, which includes your prescription, and you can save by using pre-tax, FSA, and HSA dollars. But what is Pair Eyewear? So Pair Eyewear is an eyewear company, and you get these base frames, and then you get top frames to put on top of them with little magnets. The base frames are great. They come in a variety of different shapes, including cat's eyes, which is what I like to wear. And then you can pick from all different incredible collections for your top frames, different colors, different patterns. You can have holiday patterns. You can have sports teams. Yes, I do have top frames for the Washington Capitals, who are my hockey team. It is so fantastic to be able to be like, all right, I'm going out. To this thing tonight, I'm wearing these colors. I want these top frames to match it. Oh, it's a holiday. I want to wear Valentine's Day glasses. I want to wear Halloween glasses. You, I mean, and you can switch them during the day. Maybe you're wearing one outfit at work and then you're wearing something else to go out that night. Folks, it is so easy. It is so fantastic. And there's just so many different top frames to choose from. They offer a curated selection of base frames for not just women like me, but men, kids, no matter how big or small your face is, and they all start at $60, which includes wide frames to fit every face. That's what I wear. Got a big face. You can switch up your look in a snap with top frames that start at just $25. New designs drop every month, including fun collaborations. There's free standard shipping and a flexible 30-day return policy. If you ever wish you had a million pairs of glasses to match every single outfit you have, Pear Eyewear is coming to the rescue. You can visualize a fantastic new year with Pear Eyewear. Go to PearEyewear.com and use code GLASSES for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that Reading Glasses sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com, code glasses. Glasses. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. 
Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Thanks to TikTok, we've been getting a lot of emails. There are readers out there rebinding books, altering the spines, recovering them, doing all sorts of things to print books to make them more aesthetically pleasing or easy to read. But Glassers want to know, does this stuff really work? Is it okay to do? We've got you covered, pun intended. (laughs) All right, let's start with book rebinding. Bria, you want to read the question that Anna wrote in to ask? Yeah, Anna asked, as someone who is bookish and chronically online, my social media algorithms have been showing me people who rebind books. Each video starts with them ripping the cover off a book and then shows the whole process of putting a new hardcover on the book. Have y'all seen these videos? And if so, what are your thoughts? Part of me really loves this because if you have a lot of paperbacks in your collection, it's a good way to get a hardcover without buying a new copy of the book. The other part of me feels icky because I feel like it's completely dismissing the work of the artist who created the cover design. Mallory, what do you think? Is it disrespectful? No. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because remember, you have to remember the ultimate goal of a book cover designer is to get you to buy that book. After that, it's all gravy. Sure. I mean, obviously, they put a lot of work into it. And, you know, my best friend is a book cover designer, so I have a special appreciation for the art form. But after you buy that book, it's your own business. It's your book. Yes, a team of people put a lot of effort into that design, but it's yours now. It's like... It's not disrespectful to the author to like, you know, read the last page first or, you know, read on the toilet. So why would it be disrespectful to like take the book and do your own stuff with it, you know? And it's, maybe you can save the cover and glue the art into your book journal or make like a collage of all the books you read that year. That would be fun. Yeah. But what do you, what do you think of this? Yeah, no, I think it's your book. It's your book. I mean, you can do whatever you want. And bookbinding is actually an art form. This is, it is, oh, yeah, it is truly, read, yeah, yeah, my mom, my mom does it as an art form. If you want to take the time to learn that art and that skill set, like more power to you. I mean, I think about like if someone took the DVD of my movie and they made a different cover that they wanted to, I would be like, wow, you care enough about this movie to make your own cover? really the thing too is that, you know, it's not like, these people are ripping the covers off of the books and burning them. Yeah, they, you know, they, they like, they love the book. Yeah, they love the book so much that they want to make it their own, make it more aesthetically pleasing, make it fit into their collection, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's cool. Do you think people should try it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me personally, I'm not a crafter. So I've seen a ton of these videos and while it makes the books look wicked cute, um, it's too much of a pain in the ass for no, me you're not personally. Willing to, what is the craftiest thing you've ever done? Oh. No, no crafting at all. I feel like you can craft. I feel like you have that in you. What do I um I don't know. Decorating the Christmas tree. Okay, that's crafty. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah. about as far as I go. Uh, okay. I don't I I I don't find it relaxing. I see. I do not lose myself in the joy of crafting. Uh, I, I just go, ah, oh my God, it's not perfect. Oh my God, I have glue everywhere. Oh my God, this cat hair stuck to things. Does not does not relax me. But if you are the opposite of me and you love it and it seems fun, I think it's worth a try. Like The thing is, I can definitely see the appeal of having all your books be the same dimensions and the same aesthetic. I saw some video of a woman who's basically done all of her books like that. Wow. So every single book that she owns is the exact same (gasps) size, same like shape. And it's like, obviously it's hundreds of hours of work, but I was like, 
it does make it like that is your fucking library. Like it yeah. looks like it's your exact it's cool. aesthetic. I might be inclined to try it if I had and I actually do have books like this that are so old and worn out that like I have my copy of The Exorcist is held together with rubber bands and does not have the cover on it anymore. It's a mass market paperback that like I am pretty sure that if I bend it too hard, it would crumble to dust. Mm. So I would be very interested in being like, all right, I'm going to rebind The Exorcist mm-hmm. into like some spooky cover and do something with it. Would you would you ever do this? Uh, would I do this? Um, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm going to say for other people like. It's always good to learn new skills. And I am a little crafty. Like, I do I do craft. I make things with my hands. Um, there are tons of classes on bookbinding. There's tons of YouTube videos. I would just be careful before ripping up your favorite books. Um, <laughs> yeah, pick to make a, sure you know what you're doing. Pick a two-star book first. Here's, here's why I wouldn't do it. It looks hard. Like, it yes. looks quite hard. I, I mean, it's doable. It's just something that a takes measuring. a lot of time, a lot of practice. It takes special tools as well. Oh, yeah, you like, have to buy that little special stick they have. Uh, yeah, like a stick. My So recently, um, which is a very sweet, my mother bound one of my scripts that I wrote for 12-Hour Shift. She bound that script and made a book box for it. And... I mean, your mom is so cool. It took, you know, weeks to make this because she had to press it. She had to like build the the buying. I mean, like it's a whole thing. There's a lot of measuring. I'm not great at measuring. That's something I know I'm not good at. I was going to say last episode, we didn't know. We, neither of us know how much a centimeter is. That's exactly right. And when I have to hang something something on the wall, I literally look up there and I go, seems about right. And then I just, I just nail a hole right in the wall. I do no measuring it. Like I'm sure people would really hate that. Yeah. There's Um, someone out there who's weeping. Yeah. And I just, look, if you are that crafty and that good at that kind of stuff, I think it's great, but it is a skill set and it's a wonderful skill set to learn. I just don't personally have it at this moment. So, but you think people should give it a try maybe with a book that they're not a huge fan of if first. If you were wanting to dedicate, you know, a couple weeks to doing this, I think it's how long it's going to take you the first time. I think it's going to take you a minute. Yes. The first time you so do it. So this is actually is not in our episode outline, but I did want to ask, what about people who just make covers that are like reusable for books? Yeah. Like that's y- easier. Like, like like those stretchy ones that we use for yeah. textbooks and stuff. You think that's worth it for people? Um, I think if there's like something you specifically want it four or something I think yeah if you if you were like oh I just don't like the texture of books and I want to mm-hmm. you know make something of my own or like you just want to personalize I mean that would be an easier way than ripping the whole cover off also if you wanted it all to match you could make your own cover and just put it on all of the books yes didn't we do we talked about that a really long time ago there are okay. people who sell just the book jackets but oh, then you get into right. pretty dicey legal territory yeah, with that yeah, but yeah. if you were making yourself like uh, like if you're a person who does a lot of fan art how cool would it be to like mm-hmm. print it out and put it on like make a book cover of it mm-hmm. and put it on make your own book jacket yeah that would be really fun yeah, or like fun. get in one of those like stretchy or like paper reusable book jackets to just like put on your book to protect it in your purse or to look pretty yeah, yeah I think that's fun I like that all right so last thing we're going to talk about Bria, you sent me a video about something called spine training, <laughs> which I think sounds... That sounds like... It sounds uh, kinky. It, oh, I was going to say it sounds like some sort of like stretch you do in yoga where they're like, this is spine training. This is going to this is gonna train your spine. I thought it sounded like a kinky thing. Okay. What does it involve? <laughs> so your spine, I guess. I don't know. Like it's just... Or like maybe, you know, those people who do have like waist trainers that yeah, like this one does sound, suck sounds you like, in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You're doing, but, I don't know. This is something about... I don't like the, I don't like the term. Spine? It, spine training. Oh, just the whole term. term. Seems okay. weird. But basically what spine training is, is when you have a paperback that is a honker and you want it to lie flat when you read it, but you don't want to crack the spine. Mm-hmm. We will link to the video, but the way that you do it 
as you balance the book on its spine on a flat surface and in small sections starting from the outside, you press the pages flat onto the flat surface by running your finger down the spine, the book butt, whatever mm-hmm. it is, until you get to the center. Yeah. And then, then it's spine trained, I uh-huh. guess. What do you think of this? Well, I didn't know if it worked because I didn't try it. Oh, I tried it. And? It fucking worked. Wow. I trained the shit out of that spine. <laughs> Uh, this trying, spine can sit, it can stay. <laughs> it comes it, when it's called. It is potty trained, it is crate trained. <laughs> I, I, It's very frustrating for my cats and they have to share their little box <laughs> with this uh, I was actually kind of skeptical about this because sometimes, I, every once in a while I try things that, like, I'm not on TikTok because it gives me anxiety, but sometimes people send me videos of things on TikTok and I'm like, I'm going to try this and then it doesn't work out. Like someone t- sent me a recipe for like protein pudding and it tasted like cement. Ugh. And they're like, ooh, a delicious treat. And I was like, for the ground. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of skeptical about this and it looked like it would be kind of a pain in the ass to do. But I do have several paperback honkers and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try it. And it only took me a couple of minutes. Like in wow. the video, it looks like it's going to take a lot longer, but it only took me a couple minutes and it really worked. Wow. I actually am going to be doing this with future honker paperbacks. It's wow. great because it makes the book feel, have that like loose worn in feel, but it doesn't, you don't crack the spine at all. And like the spine does not bend or bow in any, any way. Wow. It really fucking works. Yeah. That surprises me that it works. I like when I saw it, I was like, ah, I don't know, but okay, that's cool. That's cool. So would you want, if you had a big paperback honker, would you do this? Maybe. It's kind of irrelevant to me because I'm not going to have a paperback honker. Yeah, if I'm like, going to read a long book, I mean, maybe a comic book. I do have some comic books that are huge. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah actually, that so would maybe work. that, maybe, maybe I'll try it. Especially I mean, with comic books because you want to like see the art in that. You do. You want right to see the up. art and you, but you don't want to crack the spine. Yes. If you can avoid it because there's probably art in the spine. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it. I mean, I don't really care if I ruin the spine for the most part, but. Um, I didn't used to. And then I was going through my books the other day because I, you know, it's a new year. I was going through my little cart, pulling out stuff that you know, I wasn't interested in anymore. And I got this book at a used bookstore and I opened it up to, because I like, it looked like a page was sticking out and I opened it up and the page just fell out of the book. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, someone should have spine trained this. Yeah, they should have spine trained it. They should have spine trained it. All right, cool. Well, maybe I'll try it this year. Maybe I'll try it this year if I get a giant, a giant. um, The new Sarah J. Moss. Yeah, the new, yeah, I was going to say maybe the new, um, which we'll talk about, the new, uh, my favorite thing is monsters will be probably really big. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And honestly, I'm going to try this on a few different sizes of books because I didn't try it on like a average trade paperback size book that wasn't, you know, was sub 400 pages. But uh, I think this is great. Honestly, I think we're both very on board for whatever you need to do to a physical book to make it easier to read or more like make, make you happier. Do it. You know, unless that involves hating somebody with it. Like, <laughs> but I'm only happy if my book has been <laughs> has been used to bludgeon somebody. Oh, what a dream. That's that's the kind of villain I would be is like I would hit people with giant books. But I mean, again, when you buy a book, it is yours. It is your object. You do, are not beholden. Like, I mean, we hope that you would, if you like it, you'll like review it and, you know, buy that author's next book, you know, recommend it, those kind of things. But for when it comes to the actual physical object, you can dog ear it. You can read it on the toilet. You can spine train it. You can rip it, rip the cover off and put something new on there. It's your object. Like, that's really what we're saying here. Like, no no stress on that. Mm-hmm. It's yours. So you can send your thought to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we recommend some gateway fantasy, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by EarthBreeze. Folks, you know what the worst part about doing laundry is? And doing laundry is pretty bad. 
worse than folding things, worse than sorting out all the stuff that can't be dried and has to be hung dry, worse than trying to keep your cats off the fresh pile of hot laundry that's on your bed. It is laundry detergent, those giant plastic jugs. They are heavy, they are messy, they are hard to store. I spilled an entire jug of laundry detergent on our floor a few months ago. My poor boyfriend had to buy a steamer to get it out. They're just a pain. Worst of all, 91% of plastic does not get recycled. That means that those giant laundry jugs just sit in landfills for centuries to come. If you want to ditch the jug, you can get Earth Breeze. Folks, all you have to do Sit there. You're imagining. Ah, ooh, we're imagining something that looks like a dryer sheet, but it actually is laundry detergent. It is a pre-measured liquidless laundry detergent seat that dissolves in all wash cycles, hot or cold. That means there's no measuring, no mess, no plastic jug. There's no heavy lifting, which, you know, I like to do heavy lifting but I like to do it in my garage. I don't want to do it while I'm trying to do laundry. The packaging is a cardboard envelope that saves so much space. You can fit 720 loads of sheets in the same space as one 60 load detergent jug. That means there's space for more books. And most importantly, you can still get a powerful clean. Earth Breeze is tough on stains, fights odors, and clothes come out clean every time. There is no reason not to switch. Right now, our listeners can subscribe to Earth Breeze and save 40% go to earthbreeze.com slash glasses to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash glasses for 40% off earthbreeze.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it. But you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us. And I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Tara writes in, I love fantasy games and fantasy shows, but I do not read fantasy novels. My wheelhouse is entirely thriller, whodunit stories, families with secrets, and meet cute romance. I know that I would enjoy fantasy if I could just find the right entry point. My only concern is getting into a massively complicated world in a giant double-digit series. I think that will scare me away. Here's the question. Can you recommend an easy-to-digest fantasy novel to try? A one-off, does that even exist? Or maybe a three- to four-book series? The last time I read anything close to fantasy was the Twilight series as it was coming out. I love, in fantasy, fairies, witches, alchemy, anime-style magic, historical elements, and a hint of romance never hurts. Bria, what do we think that Tara should read? I just want to say, I also would like a fantasy whodunit if someone can send that my way. I couldn't think of one, but I really— I, I would read the shit out of that. Yeah, and I couldn't think of any, but I do like a whodunit, and I would like if it was fantasy— like, that would be fun. I know that... There's a couple... Maybe there's a couple I've read, but, like... There is... The Jim Butcher. The Helm of Midnight by Marina Lostetter, which is, like, a fantasy thriller. Kind of whodunit, but I that is... I would not recommend that for Tara because it is very... It's very dense, oh. very... See, like, I want, like, a straight up, like, whodunit sort of mystery. Like a cozy whodunit, but w with fantasy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'd be into that. That'd be really fun. Anyway, it's only been about two weeks since we talked about Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia <laughs> of Fairies. So I think it's time to bring it back up. Well, the new it, one just came out. Oh, yeah, I know. I saw that on someone's Instagram. It has a meet cute. It has a mystery aspect to it. It has secrets. And there's only, well, there's two now. So you can really jump into this and not feel, and the world doesn't feel that big. No, as someone, I, Tara, I was in the same place as you. I'm trying to get more into fantasy, but I don't have a lot of bandwidth for a complicated world building. And I jumped right into this. It was one of my favorites of last year. Yeah, I think this could be perfect for someone who's trying to look for some fantasy, doesn't want super, it's not super high fantasy, but it's got fairies and, mm-hmm. and um, but it's set, It's I think that's the, that's the way fairies. that's great is it's set in our world, but it's adjacent yeah. to another world. So they dip into that world a little bit. And you do get to see, and I wonder if in the next one there's going to be more of that world. I bet, yeah, I bet you. Right? Because it does all take place the next one in the same. I don't know. Oh, we don't know. Wow. Neither of us have looked into it. But it's very romantic. It does have a romance too. Yeah, so that's exciting too. So it has a meet cute. There's, there's all sorts of fun stuff in that one. I think it's great. People really like it and um, I can definitely recommend it. Um, what, what do you got? Uh, I think I have the perfect book series for Tara. I, I love that our accents say that n- the name differently. Maybe say, she told you us. You say Tara? I say Tara. I say Tara. Oh, interesting. But it maybe, did she tell us how to pronounce it? No. Sorry. Okay. We, it maybe may be. Maybe. I think in the South we say Tara. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You say Tara. Yeah. Like I yeah. say aunt and some people say aunt. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What if, oh, what if you had an aunt Tara? an aunt tara or an aunt tara all right but anyway tara however you pronounce your your name i have the perfect book for you (laughs) it's from our friends over at orbit it's it's a romanticy trilogy so a limited number of books it's by olivia atwater and it's called the regency fairy tales and get ready for this it's got fairy magic and romance in historical regency england and it's billed as bridgerton meets howell's moving castle whoa how does that work about to tell you okay it's about a woman and she's been cursed by a fairy to never feel fear or embarrassment. Oh, I love that. And because it's Regency England, she gets constantly embroiled in these social scandals because she ne- doesn't feel embarrassment. Great. So she'll uh. just like say stuff and people will be like, oh my God. And she's like, what? So she ends up meeting this very rude but handsome lord who has discovered her curse and he becomes fascinated with her and ends up drawing her into these fairy affairs. Oh, cute. And so it's I just think it has everything that Tara's looking for. Like it's not super... High fantasy. It's got witches. It's got fairies. It's got magic. It's a history book and it's a romance. So I think it's going to hit on everything for for Tara. And it's, again, it's a trilogy. It's only three books. The series is called The Regency Fairy Tales, but the first book is called Half a Soul. And it's just so fun. So much fun. Tara, I hope you love it. So you can send your recommendation request to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now let's solve a bookish problem from Anna. Anna says, hi, Brianne Mallory. Do you have any recommendations on how to get the most out of a used bookstore trip? I recently went to a Planned Parenthood book sale and when I got there, I was incredibly overwhelmed. I had no idea what I was looking for or where even to start. I did end up walking away with a few books, but I felt like I happened upon them by chance while I was aimlessly wandering around. Would love to hear your thoughts on how to tackle used book buying and how to get the most out of a shopping trip. Also, not sure if these happen in all states, but Planned Parenthood and my City, Des Moines, Iowa, hosts a used book sale to support the organization. People can donate their books and Planned Parenthood sells them to raise money. As a reader, this is an amazing way to not only clean out your shelves and find new reads, but also to support this vital organization. Would highly encourage all glassers to search for a Planned Parenthood book sale near them. I love that. I know. I, I it's cool they now. did that. I know. I didn't know that, but that's really cool they do that. Bria, what used bookstore tips do you have for Anna? 
I would say it could go a lot of ways, you know? You can either, like, crush it and come away with books you've been dying to read or, you know, and this is usually me, you just, like, choose this moment to, like, live free. You know, live free, you know, no rules, pure anarchy, which it sounds like is exactly what Anna did where you just kind of, you wander, you see where the road takes you, you know? See where, where those the, pages where take the, you. Where the book road takes you. Like, for me— I'm not going to find probably what I've been dying to read here. So I just am looking for fun stuff, weird cookbooks, gifts, something I'm like, oh, this is something somebody likes. Like maybe copies of books I've already lost or want to reread or want to own a good or, I re- or I e-read. And like I love doing that so that they can be on my shelf later. Also, seriously, I'm not, I'm don't, don't slack on the cookbooks. You can find some real weird ones, some real fun ones the in there. Cookbooks are expensive. So. And yeah, and they're usually people giving away somewhere. Like I just recently, my friend had a box of books and he was like, do you want anything in it? And one was called Soups. And it was a just, whole book of soups. Just and I was like, soups. I will be taking the soup book. This sound, this looks Give me amazing. That soup book. Like some gem from the 80s made of like, it's just like dishes made of canned goods. Like, look for that. That's fun. Like, that's me. But like something you might be interested in like that as well. Because I think if it's, you're going, you're going to kind of support the organization. You're not going to like whittle down your TBR, I think, because it's just going to be hard to find that in this kind of environment, unless yeah. this is, like, a bunch of people who, like, kind of read the same stuff you do, and they probably don't. So I think just, like, go and genuinely do as you did. Let the wind carry you where you want, <laughs> where it may. And, you know, do a little digging. Feel free to dig and look through and, like, read the back of some books that, like, the cover catches your eye. Like, don't feel like you have to go in with a mission, because I feel like these kind of places— I think that's places, what's stressing Anna yeah, these kind of like she's failing at a mission. Mission will be impossible. Like, I think mission might fail, like, if you try this. Because you're not—what you need there, they're not going to have. You know what I mean? What do you think? Do you have—what's your advice? I also agree we have to go check out a Planned Parenthood book sale. Yeah, sounds like fun. Multiple things that I love. Uh, second, my tip is—so I do this thing on my BookBuddy app where I keep a running list of backlist books that I oh. am, like, interested enough to read them, but not interested enough to, like— I was going to say this sounds complicated, but I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking yeah. to classes. You all are, you all live for like weird niche, complicated book rituals. Sometimes if I like, if I, if my Libby holds list is too full, I don't want to add to it. So I'm like, I see a book somewhere at a bookstore mentioned online. It's a backlist book. It's been out for a few years. Definitely will be probably available at a used bookstore. And I go, nah, I kind of want to read that, but I'll. I'll save it. And I make a list. I have probably like 10 of those books. And so whenever I go into a used bookstore, I'm like, Ta-da, this is oh, perfect. Because I, I, I like, I, I understand her or their stress about going into a bookstore and just not feeling like feeling aimless. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's a very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, you never really realize how many books there are in the world until you are. So many books. So many books. Yeah. But so I like having some kind of structure, like some kind of I goal. See. Like I see. I am look. even if I find other books on the way, I like having, all right, I'm looking for. It's about the books you found along the way. It's all about the books we found along the way. I like having some kind of aim to like, all right, well, I'm at least, you even like if I don't goal. find these books, I can look for them. I see. And uh, so that's what I like to do, Um, you know. I, I like to have some sort of place to start. Yeah. I think because I don't read that many physical books, I prefer ebooks, that my journey is going to be a lot different. Yeah. Because it's more to me like, what can I buy to support this organization that yeah. might be fun, that I can give away, that I can put on my shelf? You You're know, just like, looking for soup. Yeah. I'm just looking for a look, give me a soup book and I'll be happy. 
<laughs> so if you want to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. We appreciate them so much. And remember, you want a cute sweatshirt, you want a tote bag, you want a t-shirt that shows the world that you are bookish. Maybe you could wear it at a used bookstore while you're buying books. Check out our Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes and the stuff that you buy there directly supports us and our very hungry animals. And if you like the show and you want to do something nice for us that really makes a difference, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It really warms our hearts and helps people find the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. reading. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.